lot of people think self-actualization, self-actualization, but it actually belongs to esteem. And I think the same thing happens with the internet. Like a lot of people think they are searching for self-actualization, but don't realize that what is broken is a lower level of the parable of, of hierarchy of needs. <laughs> Well, hello and good afternoon, good evening, or good morning, wherever you are in the world. Welcome to a brand new edition of Social Convos. I'm Shaluk Fonchalante. Next to me is Diego Amarali, and we want to welcome you back to Social Convos. Welcome back. And if you haven't already, check out our Instagram page, follow us at Convos, or subscribe to the YouTube channel. Just search Social Convos and you'll find it. Hey, you did an awesome job. It's, it's becoming more fluent. Every week. I love it. So with that out of the way, topic for today. So let's, let's I do, I do, I do. So I was browsing or we talked about algorithms last week and how the social media basically feeds algorithms. We went into the Facebook rabbit hole, the YouTube rabbit hole, and I have certain channels and topics that I follow on YouTube, right? And there's a channel I follow, Chris Mount Command, and basically the founder did a spin-off of that and he started his own podcast. And he had an interesting guest online, Dr. K. And he's a psychologist, if I'm not mistaken. And he really focuses on mental health and people in the online space. So they were talking about Maslow's hierarchy and basically the topic of mental health. And I found it interesting. We're, we're quite familiar with Maslow's hierarchy. We've used it several times as examples during some of our topics on you know, society in general, how people go to the different layers of that pyramid of just for a quick review, we have five layers, physiological needs, the basic needs such as survival, food, water, and a roof over your head, safety needs, love and belonging, esteem, and self-actualization. And usually this is very applicable to the individual, right? We, we evaluate ourselves based on those levels and at what layer we are. But they made an interesting point or interesting observation that the, the rise of mental health issues, especially in the modern Western world, is due to a collective as society rise in Maslow's hierarchy. Because we've conquered food and water, because we've conquered safety, a lot more people are automatically getting into the love and belonging, self-actualization and esteem needs when they start looking into themselves and start searching for that mental fulfillment, that self-actualization. And that's where you get depression and mental health issues. So I thought it's interesting to bring this up and discuss it with you and our listeners, listeners in general. So have you ever looked at it that way? So, so we don't usually pull up stuff on the show, but I'm just for, for clarity for people who are watching this on Diego's YouTube channel, I'm going to quickly show what the Maslow hierarchy of needs, the pyramid or the Maslow, the pyramid of Maslow looks like. And like you mentioned, the below one is the 
physiological needs. So that's the first thing you need, air, food, water, shelter. Those are the main things. Interesting, it says here reproduction. And in some versions, it's really cruel. It's like sex. It's, a it's, it's like the most important need. But okay, fine with that. Then you have the safety needs, personal security, employment, resources, property that you feel like you're within a safe space. And then you have love and belonging, like you mentioned, and that all of a sudden now becomes the new standard. And then you get to, if you have that sense of friendship, intimacy, family, sense of connection, then you can go towards the esteem part, like respect, self-esteem, status, recognition. And then finally, when you have everything, you get to the self-actualization stage. That's desire to become the most that one can be. And the, the, the regular theory behind this is that you often, in most cases, it's very, it's presented as a very rigid system. While in truth, it's much more dynamic than we think. Like you can be in different stages for different kinds of situations. So you could be in all those of these five stages at once, only just in different parts of areas of your life. But the way it's, it's often presented and the way it's been presented to me as well while I was studying was that it basically it's layers. So you first need to make sure that you have food and water and shelter. And once you have that, the safety need becomes, and then the loss and belonging, and then the esteem, and then the self-actualization. So the first question I want to ask you, where did you first come across? What was the first time that you were confronted with this problem? I, I can't really recall it. It is either through, you know, some self-research, but it has been brought up when I was studying at the university in New Zealand as part of the subject matter, but I have encountered it before because I used to do a lot of self-research on psychology and just the, the, the human cognition in general, right? And that's how basically the YouTube algorithm feeds me this kind of content as well. So yeah, I, I've encountered it before, but yeah, well, once you go to the university and some other formal academic studies, especially if you got to deal with people, it is oftentimes mentioned or referenced as a model to understand where, where societies or where people all are. So it, it, it's been quite a few years. Yeah. So it's important for people to know that this is actually a social science model, which a lot of social sciences or courses in social science reference to, to this model. And the interesting thing, the way I got introduced to it while studying leisure studies was not because of the whole structure, but often that the self-actualization phase was most important for people to escape their daily life and also for leisure purposes. So if you would go, if you would have times, free time, spare time, that's when you would work on the self-actualization mainly. So that's how it was introduced. And that basically this theme comes to the same thing. So the blue and the green in this case, in this picture, would be the ones that you would have time for in your spare time. Whereas Yeah, once you attain freedom, once right? Once you the, the, the three below, then it's time to focus on those two. And that's kind yeah. of where leisure organizations or organizations that are in tourism are in culture and are in sports 
that's where those kind of organizations uh, have possibilities for for society to to get people to get self-actualization, to get self, to get esteem. Whereas the other ones are things more from home that you need to have those things first. I do think you mentioning those two top layers, it's being used together or interchangeably too leisurely. And a lot of the examples that you mentioned, I think, such as, you know, tourism companies focusing on once you have this free time, you can get some relaxation, some status, you can buy some things. I think that all is just in the, yeah, the esteem phase, right? Respect, self-esteem, status, recognition, freedom. And I do believe that the intended self-actualization is a deeper, more introspective layer when you go on a journey of, you know, purpose, desire, fulfillment. So it, it, it really, it's, it's a more personal and internal journey, I think. Whereas the other are more, the other four layers are more external, that are more required for survival. So that, that's the, the do, the do ones I wanted to bring as well before we link this to the, the mental health that was introduced in that, that video I just watched. But then, then there's also the Eastern perspective. Eastern philosophy perspective on all of this. Because from the Eastern philosophy perspective, you can have the self-actualization without having the sense of belonging. Because once you have the self-actualization, the belonging comes with it, right? So, so it's a different, completely different approach Saying like, okay, certain things that we consider like basic needs are not basic needs for others. And like, I once had a discussion with somebody from Estonia or Helsinki, whether or not Wi-Fi was a basic need. So from your perspective, having internet, is that a basic need? No, like basic as in the physiological layer. No, yeah. if, if, well, if you're using it even below, it's like, or, no, I, I think that's, that's more, that's a joke. I think, yeah, that's more thematic, right? That's, that's yeah. more memes uh, yeah. to it. But if you're talking about true survival, if we look at it from an anthropological perspective, like the evolution of surviving, then yeah, it, it Wi-Fi is not. I, I would place Wi-Fi in either the the love and belonging or connection, sense of belonging. I, I would put Wi-Fi there and maybe maybe in safety needs because cybersecurity are interconnectedness and a lot, a lot of business is related to having internet, right? So maybe in the safety needs. But if you're talking about physiological, like the basic survival, then no, I, I won't put Wi-Fi there. Now, my only problem that I have with, with the notion that you would say like, okay, but the mental health part is becoming more a preface that it's kind of the new basic need, in a sense, is, yeah, sure, for part of the world, like for part of the world, but mainly the Western societies, 
Yeah, well, so that's why I, yeah. Yeah. what I mentioned, it, it's mainly focused on the modern Western societies because we've seen it through social media as well. It is something that comes up a lot. It is something that gets a lot of focus as well. That's where that discussion came about, right? Like, is it, is one causing the other or is it just coincident? So because people are more tapped into interconnected through social media and because of the standards that have been put through Western society that, you know, you need a good job, you need a certain amount of income, you need to have a house, you need a car. And once people reach certain levels of success, they gain that good job, they gain that status, that promotion, they gained enough finances, and then they come up, what's next? And then they end up in either a depression, they, they achieve material success or, you know, a certain degree of material freedom, but still they end up in depression, get mental health issues, feel lonely because they're, they're missing that connection because that hasn't been cultivated. So that's where the discussion comes about, I think, because of how Western society has framed it for a lot of people. And that's where I think instead of applying it to individuals and on a societal level, it got me thinking. I'm going to give you another take on this, which might be more, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's a rough take. So please don't, please don't take it as me. No, no. That's so, knowledge, but actually yeah. something to consider. So what you often realize, you already mentioned it, like a lot of people think self-actualization, self-actualization, but it actually belongs to esteem. And I think the same thing happens with the internet. Like a lot of people think they are searching for self-actualization, but don't realize that what is broken is a lower level of the parable of, of hierarchy of needs. So I'm going to give a personal example. Three weeks ago, I was completely feeling down. I wasn't feeling like doing anything and having a proper purpose or feeling motivated to, to work towards things. Even though I have everything at my disposal to fulfill that self-actualization role. And then I started working on the love and belonging side of things. And all of a sudden I reconnected with my passions. I reconnected. And I, to this day, I actually had this discussion with somebody on Facebook today. To this day, I haven't figured out what the trigger was that I got back into the self-actualization phase, but something triggered. And now seeing the pyramid, I'm wondering and looking at everything that I listed when I was talking about it was in the love and belonging phase. So it's very interesting. My, my question with, with, with using the hierarchy of Maslow is to what extent does it take into consideration that large parts of society, large parts of the world are still in the first two, the lower layers, the physiological and the safety needs, like the basic needs, like basic, basic needs that they don't have. 
agreed, like a large part of the world is in that phase. Like I'd say, well, there was another pyramid, but I, I'm not going to bring up that one, like the, 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 the wealth distribution. But if, if you look at, you know, large regions of Africa, Asia, excluding the big cities like Kenya, there, there's a lot of, you know, people that try to survive and I don't necessarily want to go into that direction with this conversation yet because I, I still want to focus on, on, on mental health and the self-actualization phase. So in that clip that I shared with you beforehand, there was an interesting example, right? In, in your example, you, you had all the tools at your disposal to do the things you want, yet you felt in a slump. You felt you didn't feel that desire to or passion to do something. So there, there, there was an interesting example in that clip where you, you have this royal family, the royalty, the, the kings and the princes, and they often get educated by high priests, high education. The people that supposedly should have the enlightenment to teach the, their children, to, to teach the offspring of, about, you know, getting a higher purpose in life. Yet those who teach never attain it because they teach to survive, to get a sense of connection, to work for it. Or, so, or even worse, job security. Job security, exactly. Whereas the, the prince or the royal family, because they're taken care of security-wise, they don't need to look for food or survival. That's taken care of. They have the, the family, it's being arranged for them. So basically they have an abundance of free time, yet they're being taught by someone who is actually chasing and purpose-driven. So they get into that, or they are more susceptible to get into the self-actualization space because they are free, freed from the desire or purpose to secure those other things. So Buddha, for example, is an example because he was part of a royal family, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, right? And he attained enlightenment because he had a find a higher purpose within himself. And he was freed from the other conceptions if, if we have to frame it that way. So that's, that's an interesting example. I thought like, right. So once you have achieved your success, achieved your desires and you remove that need to achieve that desire, the journey to enlightenment spirituality starts. Okay. And then. Okay. Yeah, you're talking about totally spirituality good. here. And, and, and from, from this example, it's a self-actualization is the desire to become the most that one can be. Now, there are multiple ways that you can interpret it. That one is, of course, spiritually. But another, which you see more often, is financially. Right? I, I would not put financial no, ever no, in self-actualization. No, you, you would never put it there. But we live in a society where it gets put there. It's often that they realize... That is a misconception yeah. of people using this framework to, how do you call it? Yeah, to, to make an excuse, to have, have an argument for it. 
No, but it's, it's really, that's where like from a young age, watching different YouTube videos, TikToks, like that's something that is worried. But are you saying that's a social construct, that that's not the case? That's not how current society and youngsters are being formed? No, I'm, I'm not saying that. Yes, they're being shaped by that, but I won't. If we're using these frameworks as reference, I won't place it there. What, how society is forming these youngsters through the YouTube videos, it's to the esteem level while labeling it to once you attain this, you'll be happy. But the, the few who reach it suddenly get like, oh, this is it. What next? So usually the journey to that achievement is, is, is the more fulfilling part. No, but okay, then you have to explain to me because you're saying like it's the esteem part, it's the respect, self-esteem, status, recognition, strength, freedom, whatever. Yeah. And why are there so many nameless and faceless YouTube pages? Can you elaborate on these nameless and so faceless there are, YouTube there are pages? a lot of page, page, YouTube pages and YouTube channels that receive large amounts of revenue, like mm -hmm. large amounts of revenue that don't have a face or a name connection. You don't need a face to get esteem, like status and well, it's one of them. They don't, get, they don't get the status. They don't get that. Status as an anonymous faceless thing is also something. They, their, their created identity is also part of an esteem. It may be not their personal identity, but their created identity is also part of them because they created it. So they get esteem through that and they get financial gains through that. So I put it through the esteem. They get power through that, influence through that, even though yes, they don't necessarily. The influence and the power, or do they start off because they want to earn from it? I think most of the time it starts Or is it off, just a lack of knowledge of, of how it works? Because the question I get most, if, if there's a question that I get most asked by young people. How you make money online? Is how to make money, is how yeah. to monetize it. It's never like, hey, I want to be known as the expert for this. It's not. It starts off like, how do I make money? My children aren't, aren't acting like, hey, I want to be a better video director than Mr. Beast. They're saying, I want to be as rich as Mr. Beast. Yeah, so then I would say a lot of those would segment into the safety needs, like procuring a source of income, a financial stability. So I, I would place it there. So in that case, I would even put it, I would even put it lower, so no, not even in the esteem. It's more like, hey, I can, I can fend for myself. I can, I can pay my own way. Yeah. I can pay my own bills by doing this thing online. It's basically like a job, but maybe they don't want the that. Yeah. Yeah. The, the abilities, the, the, the skills. That makes if, if that, yeah. So coming back to your but question it, on. But the question is, why is it being framed? Because wherever you are, even I'm even confronting oh. with it, that when we why? talk about creating a career, that we always frame it as start with your Create your own. Your or your ikigai or anything, it, it always comes back to that. And we spend uh, too much, uh, too little time you're, on the track. Like, you want my hot take? With, yeah. You want my oh. hot take on that? What I think it is? My hot take on that is because that sells. That attracts people to do it. 
if you talk about it and you frame it like that, it's basically a sales pitch. You put it like that. You paint a picture for people like, you can achieve this by doing this. People are going to buy it. And if you just say like, would you like to make $200 a month from YouTube videos? No. Do you want to live this leveraged lifestyle? So they put a big goal and paint a lifestyle through it. And that what gets people online. And but I don't to, to be honest, a lot of people are not I going out for it. I feel offended. I feel offended because I don't do that. Yeah, you don't do that. But that, that's why it's a hard thing. And the, yeah, that's how yeah. I interpret it. Like you, you can place everyone on it. But a lot of these nameless, faceless videos that you see on YouTube is the 80%, 90% that just buy it, but don't put in the effort to go through it. And those few that actually build a career channel, get into the higher pace, get enough revenue, achieve their goals, achieve their status, network. A lot of them suddenly get into a slump. A lot of channels suddenly pivot or do something else. And I, I've seen it, seen it through some of the channels I follow. So that, that's why I'm putting, putting it like that, framing it, framing it like that, if that makes sense. Okay. And no, yes. no yeah. intended offense, but that, that is basically the business model of online. So, but why don't people That's how people get like, scammed. <laughs> but what, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, but why don't more people, because there are some people that are doing it and they're often considered like, oh, don't listen to them. But there are people saying like, hey, get your stuff in place. Yeah. Be grateful for your parents and what they're doing for you. Instead of bad voting them because you feel it can be done different. Yes, it can be done different, but still you have to respect your parents. They brought you into the world. They brought you to where you are. And you mm -hmm. can say like, hey, but I'm not that far along. But you can also say like, hey, but how far along would I have been without them? And, and, and that's Western society in general, right? So the, the, the framing of today's topic was more on this framing of mental health and using master's therapy on modern Western society. Yeah. So the question becomes, when you have all these discussions on um, the very, the, the, the hot takes and the very popular topics in, in Western society, which all are discussing mental health and the part where it becomes love and belonging, like how interesting is that for societies and, and parts of society that are still struggling to, to survive. Okay, another hot take would be a lot of it comes through, especially the younger generation, and you know all about the gen, you know, XYZ. A lot of it comes paired with, I think, entitlement as well. The Gen Zs especially like, oh, I, I can just do that. And they're more, more direct. They see the things online. So basically the pictures that have been painted online, that's only painted for the select few of society that have achieved that level of success. Everyone paints that picture and they think, oh, that's what I need to do. I'm entitled to that lifestyle. So they but don't, don't put in have, the, the, But you don't have the foundation. You don't have the structure. Exactly. Yeah. So, and, and this, this and is that's, a very good analogy because you often have like these, Nifo Rish and the Nifo Rish is also kind of the, the what? Was, the Nifo Rish. Are you familiar with the term Nifo Rish? No, I, I'm actually not familiar with okay, the term. So, so the Nifo Rish is that all of a sudden, look, this this is a uh, sociological 
phenomenon that started at a certain point that people were able to get rich through different things. And it's, it's even easier now to get rich than it was ever before. So previously, only the people of the higher parts of the hierarchy could get wealthier within their kind of, if you have the lower class, the middle class, and the upper class, you would have the upper class would stay the upper class, the middle class would stay the middle class, the lower class would stay the lower class. Very rarely, somebody would move themselves up from lower class to middle class or from middle class to upper class. That's how society was shaped previously, or at least considered to be shaped. And now all of a sudden, through the different generations or even through different phases of life and the past centuries, all of a sudden it became easier for somebody from a low-income household to, to get to the upper class. It got easier. You had to strike lucky. And previously, it was striking lucky. Now it's just, if you follow certain sets of rules, you, your parents could be very poor, but you can... Yeah, but there's, a lot of self, there's a lot of self-made yeah. millionaires have elevated themselves yeah. from the middle or lower classes. Yeah. Whereas the... Those who are there are second, third generation families, businesses, usually taper off, right? Well, I'm, I'm they... going to actually, I'm going to pull up some lyrics. Uh, oh, are, are we getting something with... from NF again? No, no. Are you familiar with Central C? No, 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 no. No? Okay. So Central no. C is like one of the most popular UK rappers there is right now. And at a certain point, he, in one of his songs, Printer, he talks about, we ain't got generational wealth. It's only a year that I had these millions. Right? And, and that's basically, that, that tells the story. Like, now somebody who's really good and is really respected by an audience can all of a sudden go from here to all the way there. And then they have to figure out, okay, how do I stay? How do I keep that wealth? So I've just gathered a whole lot of, of wealth and I can choose to be just rich or wealthy. And with being wealthy, be able for my children, my children's children and everybody that comes in, into the family that they stay, they have a certain, they have a different starting level. Yeah, but also not just wealth, but also health, right? You know, you, ha you have that, it, it's... It, being wealthy and being stressed out all the time. I wouldn't yeah. call that wealth. I wouldn't call no, it generation. No, so, but so, so definitely there's, there's different aspects to wealth because it's, it's financials, it's time, it's your health. It's, it's a combination of, of those things. There are, there, I mean, you could, that's another topic, but what, what all for, what all entails when you talk about that. But I think it is interesting that now it's more easy than ever to go from from the lower class to the upper classes as, as easy as, not as easy, but very quickly, relatively quickly. And what's being, what people think is that that's easy and that's available for everyone. But first of all, it's not easy and available for everyone. You either have to be really good, be at the right place at the right time, and often a combination of those two, that you can go faster and quicker than everybody else. But the slow, steady process is, is something different. And if you're willing to say like, hey, I can go from 
upper, from, from lower class to middle class, and then my children can go from middle class to upper class. It builds, in my perception, a better foundation for yeah. to being able to, to stay there. I, I have to agree with that, yeah. And, and that's also what you see with a lot of people who move up quickly, especially financially move up quickly and make a lot of millions. There's no structure, there's no foundation for it. So this is something you see with athletes, with, with different sports. You see, they often, they get a lot of, a lot of money and then they know, know how to manage it. They don't not, know how to protect. Not only yeah. on how to manage it, but because it comes so abruptly, for example, also if you win a lottery, you get so much and then you don't know what to do with it. So you try to fulfill that esteem need like, oh, I'm going to yeah. throw a party for my neighborhood, for my friends. So you, you spend it on that and hoping that that will fulfill you. And then uh, suddenly, you know, all the money is gone. But you also and they, don't have, they, uh, you don't have anybody to you. They don't have anybody to advise you on it. That's been so, a situation that knows what to do in that situation. Also that there, there is no appreciation. And as you said, that the foundation, if you, if you go slow through the layers, you know what work went into that, what your previous generation did to, to put into that to get you there. You also get in situations where you don't know how to act and how to protect yourself. You have an example on that one? Yeah. So, so. Say I, I'm like very popular and I make a lot of money and now I get to certain places and I'm popular. So people start talking with me and they come up with all these ideas, but I don't have a structure in place how to fed these people. I don't have a structure in place when I know when to step to my lawyer and when I don't step to my lawyer. Yeah. So basically you're getting taken advantage of by people like, oh, they see an opportunity there. And Maybe then not even the intent. But you, you just jump into situations easier because you have the money. Like you said, you have the money. Like, hey, I want to invest in this without doing due diligence. Whereas if you come from generational wealth, often, I'm not saying in all cases, but often you get taught those things by your parents. And here's the danger. And, and this is what you mentioned earlier. When you have, when you're part of a generational wealth structure and your parents are the people who made that generational wealth possible or were able to structure it. Don't spend the time with you for you to comprehend and understand it. And you're being taught by people they employ who have not had that situation and do not fully understand it. You're going to, they're going to be like small parts missing in, in, in the fundament. So all of a sudden, you think like, hey, this person comes on this kind of a family, but you don't realize that they haven't been brought up by the same people who created that, that foundation. There might be things that you think that they are aware of, they, you think that they're familiar with, but then when you speak to them, you realize like, oh, they don't have an understanding of this. So to interject that for a second, so do you think or believe that Everyone should go through the layers to build that foundation slowly before they can tap into esteem and self-actualization. Or are those gaps not, not necessarily crucial? You can skip 
over some gaps, it, taking into consideration what you mentioned about the Eastern approach. Putting me on the spot here because I really cannot answer that question. Right? That's, that's, I used that's, to think, no, it's, it's good to talk about it because yeah, I used that, to that's think interesting, that you, right? I used to think that you would have to go through all the steps. That's also what's being told to you. Yeah, that, that's I what's being of all the stuff. But I've also had situations where I jumped and I leapfrogged to realize that I missed a couple of steps and that those were hindering my development. So it, it cuts both ways. And I think, I hate to say it, but ChatGPT had a great, great take on this. So of course I was conversing with AI and then Basically, ChatGPT closed it off for me, saying, "With while master level hierarchy of needs continues to be discussed and referenced in various fields, it's important to consider it as a theoretical framework rather than an absolute truth. Our understanding of human motivation and needs is complex and an evolving field, and researchers continue to explore and refine these ideas." I think that that's. ChatGPT being smart there, but that, that keyword there being framework, a guide, it's not something rigid. It's something, you know, that you could use to kind of help you understand. It's like a tool to communicate or articulate certain things. And how modern society is pushing this is like, this is the formula. Yeah. And that's, it's, it's not only with this, but with oh, a lot so of things, the YouTube right. videos that you mentioned, like, do this, 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 and you'll get this. Yes, but that's the funny thing. It, it isn't a formula, and it was never presented as a formula. And this is, and I've been accused of this, and maybe even rightfully accused of this, because I often like to take these theoretical frameworks and kind of dumb them down to say, like, hey, is there a way that we can take this scientific research and make it more? applicable to society in the sense that you make it more accessible and it gets more openly discussed. The problem with that is if you take it out of its scientific context, there's a lot of misinterpretations. And then you get the situation where it's he said, she said, and the actual researcher, or Vasilov himself, is kind of rolling around saying like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> what is my model being used for? Because that was never intended to be used in that context. It's never been researched in that context. It's a framework to discuss a specific theoretical field of social science. It was never intended to be used in this or in this way. So that's, that's where you, what's, what's the issue? And that's the issue with a lot of fundamental things, fundamental scientific studies is that it was, the study was done in a certain context. And when you take it out of its context, all of a sudden it either doesn't make any sense of it anymore, or somebody misuses the information to make it fit to their belief system. Yeah, no, fair point. Like the, the, the context is important and closing off or coming back to full circle on the, on, the, on the mental health part, like a lot of modern Western society is viewing these models as, you know, clickbait or as a 
secret sauce formula on how to be awesome in life. Get go on that, you know, three month vacation on a cruise through 10 countries. If you just consistently post like this, yes, it's doable, but you actually have to put in the effort and people don't put in the effort. And then once they reach that wall or they can't attain that, they fall into that mental slump like, oh no, I'm, I'm going to try something else or do something else. Oh, this is not for me. And they kind of, you know, get depressed. And on the flip side, for the people who actually manage to achieve it and reach their goals and just hit achievement after achievement after achievement, and suddenly they're in a place like, oh, they have nothing left to chase. Then they suddenly feel empty as well. And like, oh, I've made it. What now? And then they also fall into a slump. So it, on, on both sides of the coin, it, it basically got steeper. Yeah, because you then have to look at a different phase or a different part of the pyramid. And the reason I find the pyramid interesting from a marketing perspective is also understand where your target audience is at. Because way too often, like, especially like we want to copy, often copy international campaigns or create something similar to an international campaign that has been successful. But the question is, the audience that participated in that campaign, are they on the same level of the needs as your target audience? And often, yeah, maybe they're in security phase. We need jobs. Yeah. Everyone yeah. is job hunting. So you need to target specifically. Yeah. You, you can go make a, a Steam commercial high-end $10,000 production, yeah, whereas you just need to <laughs> Like, and then yeah. the, the CEO and the board who are like in the, in the self-actualization or in the, in the Steam phase are like, oh, this is so awesome. And then the target audience is like, seriously, really? We're currently struggling with this and you're coming with us. with somebody that we can totally not relate to. Yes, that's a real issue. No, that 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 hits on on the nail. Like, I think one thing I I try to bring up as early as possible, if it's you know marketing or a production thing, for who is it? Is it for what would success look like? Do you need to be happy? Yeah, do you need to everyone. love the video, or do you need to get sales? So, which, which end it's of the spectrum everyone. is it? Yeah, it's for yeah. everyone. <laughs> <laughs> It's so if success looks like, if success looks like, oh, I did a badass video that I can be proud of. I don't care what it gets. Okay. Do you have the budget for it? Yes. On the other side of the spectrum, it's not going to reach your target audience, but if it helps actualize or give that person esteem, then it's worth it. And also it trickles down sometimes. So that does yeah. But here's the thing here, to be honest, because to understand that we're not making fun of everyone. We're also making fun of ourselves. And I'm going to give you the perfect example. Today, I was going through my SPS course, the self-publishing schools course, on writing a book. And the question was asked, like, okay, first you have to understand the readers who you're writing the book for. What do they need? And then secondly, why are you writing that book? And of course, was listing all these different reasons why you could write a book. And I felt like all of them applied to me. And then, yeah, it was like, okay, but pick two. I was like, how do I pick two? 
And that's and I was being confronted with the exact same thing I confront my clients with on a weekly basis. That I had to make a choice between seven things that I I or eight things that I all of them I want to do, but realistically, there's only room to focus on two. Those two should be the main ones. That should be the main reason, even though there are eight things that you want to do. There should be two of the main reason. And the funny thing is, that's why I say it trickles down, is because if you focus on those two, uh, two things, the other six eventually slowly might even happen or become opportunities in a later stage. Yeah. But you have to pick two first. You need that clarity of mind. Because you need the clarity of mind. And that's very confronting, to say the least. Very, very interesting. And I, I would encourage, like not everyone, but if you're interested, because I saw a comment from Devin, what is Maslow's hierarchy? If you're interested, definitely look it up and let me bring it up here. Basically a, a model of framework by this guy named Maslow and he categorized different stages of you know, human desire and where, where you could place yourself. So if you want a deeper understanding of that, if you missed the first part of the conversation, we, we went through it actually. And then we went into discussion like, you know, do we need to approach it differently? How does society view it? And basically, what does it have to do with mental health and the gaps that people have in, in jumping the different layers of the, the pyramid? So it wasn't quite an interesting discussion. And I love these kind of discussions because then, then you can have hot takes, right? And how do you feel society? Yeah. And, and this becomes more, more interesting. And I do think people need a deeper understanding. Well, not understanding, but should be open to conversation. Coming back to the new type of social media and algorithm-driven content, it's very quick-based, quick gratification. Here's the formula, do this and you'll achieve this. And I think that's kind of breaking the modern Western society a bit with these not unattainable, but exceedingly high expectations. That's a nice place to close off today's social convos. Of course, if you've listened to this and you have an interesting hot take on the Maslow, Maslow hierarchy of the Maslow hierarchy of needs, feel free to drop your comment, whether it's on Instagram or on YouTube or even on your streaming platform, if that's possible. Feel free to give us your take. And with that said, we like to invite you back to brand new social call for us next week. See you and have a great day. Bye-bye.